Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can listen and download our shows by going to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. And don't miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post, The Rising Prophecy Protocol. The Rising Prophecy Protocol from the book itself We find a man who walks, he meanders unaware of what happened. In this first-person narrative, we bring you into that moment one second after it occurred. And do not miss this post, Living Life, Truth, and Faith. Living life is full of truth, and it requires faith to do so as a Christian. That is a life of faith in the only begotten Son of God and live that faith in a world that rejects the truth. See Second Thessalonians 2, Love of the Truth. And do not miss this post, Judgment and the Word. For Christianity and those who carry the cross as our Lord Jesus Christ did, there is a cost. A Chinese pastor is one of many imprisoned in China. For the latest posts on born-usa.com, do not miss this post, Christian Prophecy, Cashless Society, Revelation 13, Classic Warn Radio. To those uninformed, the signs of prophecy are either oblivious or they choose to ignore the warnings. This latest Classic Warn Radio features one of our premier shows. And do not miss this post, Pride of Moab, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 26 on Battle Lines. For Moab, we find pride and the coming judgment are linked, a message to America and the nations of men. And be sure to check out The Rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. It's a book about a Christian, it's a Christian fiction thriller. The Rising details a takeover of America with dark forces that plot to bring the country into the globalist new order. So there's danger and intrigue, 
dark forces plotting. The nation is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to DanaGlynSmith.com, where you can visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop, where we feature the Rising and other Christian books, as well as resources from our Vision Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. How What's you going doing? on? I'm doing great. Glad it's Thursday and we're here for another show yep. on Isaiah. Yep. And, uh, you know, the world's still turning. Thank God. Yeah. I'd hate it to stop. We might fall off. Well, you know, with Joe running things... The one thing good is he's so feeble he would go first. <laughs> so once he disappears, and I say that loosely, not like I'm asking for something to happen to him. The only thing oh, I, I know you're not. The only thing that needs to happen, he needs to retire and get out of there and yeah. take Obama with him and his minions. Exactly. <clears throat> And Susan Rice, she's got the direct connection to Obama. So. Yep, that's I mean, for sure. I mean, she always looks mean and nasty to me, you know, when I remember her from before. Yeah, I think the meanest, nastiest looking one of them all is that uh, Mad Maxine Waters. Well, she Mad is. Max. She does. She's not the only one. There's a number of them that are just nasty looking all the time i know you know what's the matter with you people look like you drink vinegar all the time i like vinegar but you know sour puss on their face you know oh i know just disgusting you know don't you guys know the joy of the lord is your strength oh wait a minute i forgot you guys don't know who the lord is yeah. Well, we go to church. Yeah, well, that's your problem. Remember <laughs> when the Lord came, the biggest group, to plot immediately against him, to destroy him, was the religious lobby, was the religious, which were the Pharisees, Sadducees. They're the only church in town at that time. And he didn't, he didn't do very well with them. The more miracles he did, the more stuff he did, the more they hated his guts. Yep, that's sad. Instead of celebrating that you got someone there doing magnificent stuff, they plotted to kill him. And miracles, they were, that was amazing. 
And and he did so many that they couldn't. They only wrote a few things in. That's right. In the Gospels about what the Lord did because there, there was, was too much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, too much for them to write down. Yep. That's true. Well, let's go ahead and do this. Okay. The deceived heart on this week's Isaiah prophetic book reaches part 130. During this lesson, we have followed the vanity of idols. The prophet takes you through the building of them, smelting and forming of the idol. The issue here is the work they go to in order to have the idol. Will they work as hard or more to seek the living God? And now back to you. Yes, sirree, the deceived heart. And we can definitely identify with that because there's a lot of deception, people that are deceived. And as you listen to this, I hope you're not one of them. And, you know, there there is no doubt. I have, uh, you know, in time past preached uh, about smelting. And... Uh, the implications thereof and it's amazing to me that isaiah went into such detail you know and and so 12 isaiah 44 12 the smith and that's the guy that gets the fire going gets the coals hot red hot and gets the steel gets the tongs that grabs the steel they get the billows and blow on those coals, get them red hot, and then stick them in there until that thing is red hot too, and then they form it. Then he goes into carpenter. In verse 13, the carpenter stretches out his rule. He marks it out with a line. He fits it with planes and marks it out with a compass. And make that after the figure of a man according to the beauty of a man that it may remain in the house. Now, of course, <clears throat> along with this, you know, you gotta you gotta cut it out. And of course, we're we're talking about material now. Another way that they used to do this is actually uh, taking the wood and carving an idol out of the wood, and then taking uh, the metal and getting it to the point to where it's hot of course you have to melt it and and form a sheet or they have to pound it out and then they they smooth it you know and and work it into the eyes and you know everywhere else and literally can form that thing and uh, and then of course they go worship it and and you may like that kind of a god but, you know, I mean, think of the children of Israel. God, had, the Lord had just delivered them. I mean, well, within reason. It, it, it was a while because they had to go from Egypt to Sinai. So, so at any rate, they're over in Sinai. Moses is up on the mount meeting with the Lord God, the head of the universe of all things, you know, and there was smoke on the mountain and everything else. And what did the children of Israel do? They made him a, ca a calf out of gold you know an idol well this is our god well see i guess that comes in handy because with your own idol you can carry it around 
And matter of fact, that's exactly what happened in Egypt because there was a lot, there was a mixed multitude that had actually come out of Egypt and followed the children of Israel. And I really believe that the mixed multitude, of course, now that represents the Gentile arm. Now remember, Gentiles are, are hopeless pagans. In the world, you know, at the time of Israel, God revealed himself to Israel, but all the pagans, you know, they did all their stuff. And finally, you know, God kicked them out and brought in the children of Israel. Uh, but, you know, they stretch out the rule. They mark, mark it out. Well, you know, I mean, even a carpenter does that. Uh, and it does say carpenter. But when I look at this, and I'm thinking of, you know, using a tree, and you would have to use more than just the rule and things like that. You have to be able to cut it. You have to be able to fit it. And uh, they had their tools to do that, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. And uh, and I especially like this particular thing here, and this is Ezekiel. Now, if you remember Ezekiel, Ezekiel was by the river at Chebar with the rest of the captives going into Babylon. They had been taken. And they wanted him to dance and sing the songs of Israel. But they said, how can we sing the songs of Israel when we're, you know, in captivity? But at any rate, in Ezekiel 8, and you got about six verses in here. And, and this is, if, if I was looking at this and considering this, when we look at the children of Israel, we look at Jeremiah and what Judah was doing. They were doing this while they were in the land. And if you're going to have a temple dedicated to the living God, you don't scratch up the temple with every kind of evil imagery and wickedness and demon that comes into your mind so he says uh, unto the, uh, the Lord says unto Ezekiel then said he unto me son of man has thou seen what the ancients of Israel do in the dark and uh, that's humorous to me because if you're going to make something or write something, it's kind of hard to do it in the dark. But when I also see this, I see another connotation here to where they're blinded. They're in the dark. Uh, and they have forsaken the Lord God. You know, they so they're doing this in the house, you know, the temple of the Lord. So ha have you seen the ancients of Israel what they're doing in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery, for they say the Lord sees us not, the Lord has forsaken the earth. He also said unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north gate, and behold, there sat a woman weeping for Tammuz, <laughs> which... Uh, 
Then he said unto me, Have you seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and you shall see greater abominations than these. And he brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house. Now, it's bad enough to be sitting at the door of the gate, weeping for Tammuz. And, uh, I mean, you think of all this. This is the children of Israel. These are people that should have known better. Now see, Tammuz is an ancient Mesopotamian god, usually associated with shepherds. And he was, Tammuz was the primary consort of the goddess Iana. At any rate, it doesn't matter the details. You know, I mean, what is she doing there? She's supposed to be serving, you know, the true and the living God. And so the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men with their backs towards the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun toward the east. Now this is sun worship, the sun god. And then he said to me, Have you seen this, O son of man? It is a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit abominations which they commit here, for they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger, and lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in my fury, and my eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. Though they cry in my ear with a loud voice, yet I will not hear them. It's kind of interesting. When we look at all of this, And so they got their branch to an, uh, a branch, and they bring it up to their nose. And uh, it's a gesture of humility, you know, because you're contrite, you're humble. And you come before a, a, a deity with a petition. And so the branch to their nose. And... Uh, They're not supposed to be doing any of this. These are people that had roots. And all those roots, I mean, we talk about Moses, we talk about so many of them. Caleb and Joshua, David, you know, it goes on. And they knew, I mean, they wouldn't have done this. But the people coming out of Egypt, the Gentile mixed multitude would have. And even some of the children of Israel brought little trinkets, little icons out of Egypt. So when you're going to bring a group out and you're going to make them holy and teach them how to serve you, 
you get you have to get all this out of them you know they you know like the lord said of Caleb and Joshua they have a different spirit in them they were the only two out out of all the spies that wanted to go in and fight the giants and get into the land because God would deliver them but the other 10 wouldn't so they those 10 turned the entire tribe of Israel against going in and then of course then they did go up well at any rate see that's what happens when you begin to wander away from the Lord and uh, I mean we can look at Israel and we can say man look look at this how can they do that you know their forefathers literally saw the fire of God on the mount They saw his glory at the door of the temple with uh, with Moses there. And yet they, they turned away. And this is Judah that we're talking about here. This is the, these are the ones, you know, when we talk about the southern tribes, you know, the Levites were down with Judah they had the temple there they had the priests there now the northern tribes were carried into captivity actually dispersed and intermarried and we call them the lost tribes and they're being found even today there's a lot of the Jews that are scattered around the world that are coming back now to Israel and that's part of prophecy as well so you see all this is following the fact that God is going to deliver the Jews Judah and bring them back into the land now, God is not mad at them at this point. Now, see, when when Isaiah gave the prophecy, it hadn't happened yet. But, see, we're in the point of the prophecy following the actual events where Judah has already, um, you know, they're done with their 70 years and God's getting ready to bring them out. And there were several, several trips of Jews uh, in order to get all that accomplished. And, of course, one of the most famous was Nehemiah and his group but so here's another one verse 14 he heweth him down cedars taketh the cypress and the oak which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest he planteth an ash and the rain doth nourish it and then shall it be for a man to burn for he shall take it thereof and warm himself yea he kindleth it break baketh bread Yea, he maketh a god and worships it. He makes it a graven image and falls down thereunto. I mean, now, let's look at Revelation. Revelation 9, 20 and 21. Now, see, we're talking about Judah a long time ago. Making idols out of gold and silver and if they had copper you can do it out of copper too and uh, 
using wood like the Aseroth. Now, Revelation 9, 20 and 21. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, now they're describing plagues here, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver, brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither they repented of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now see, we're discussing Isaiah, and he's dealing with the children of Judah. And the children of Judah took up what the heathen nations around them did, worshiping idols. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> you have a tree, you know, you, you cut it down and use part of it to start a fire and put your meat on it and it'll cook dinner and the rest of it you make into an idol so you can, you know, thank uh, your God that you just made for the food you just ate. Now, see, the point here is I'm delivering you out. I'm bringing you back into the land. You're not going to be doing this. There has to be a delineation between clean and unclean. And that goes for America, too. We've had a history of major revivals, people repenting. But the things that we're doing today is an absolute abomination before God. And yet, you can repent. But don't take too long. Because then it may be too late. Because God's grace doesn't last forever. And, and so when you get down to it, in verse 15, and I read this before, but what is ludicrous or ludicrous what is nuts you know you take the wood and it's for a man to burn i mean we know that if you go up camping you get some wood you have a campfire but he says for he will take it there and warm himself yeah of course that's normal he kindles it he bakes the bread he also makes a god and worships it. He makes it a graven image and falls down there. He works it. This is not just a hunk of wood. This is a carved piece of wood. And if he has any kind of metal or around anybody that's a craftsman, they can easily take gold, which is, is easily, easily shaped. But you carve that thing and you give it ears and eyes and nose however you want to do it and you finish it you put it on that wood so he makes himself a god and worships it now, now that shows you the the vanity of it all thinking that this piece of wood that you just kindled 
was in the beginning and created everything. See, there is a difference here. You go over to India in the Hindus and you got more gods you could shake a stick at. But there's only one true and living God. Now you read Romans 1. Where did Paul get all that? He got it out of the out of the law and <laughs> the prophets. I mean The Bible that Jesus read was not the King James Version. Paul didn't either. And the stuff that they wrote down, they didn't copy it from the King James Bible. They used the Tanakh. They got into the Torah. They got into the prophets. And that's why the Jews got so angry at the Lord when he was here and all the miracles that he did. But they were always mad at him for doing this. You know, he heals on the Sabbath and they, they con condemn him because he did it on the Sabbath. Are you people crazy? When was the last time you've seen a miracle like this? Well, been forever. They didn't have miracles like that because the prophets were gone. And Jesus says, why? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. Yeah, they came. They did, some of them did miracles, mighty signs. And they stoned them. Yeah, a lot of good. I'm going to send you prophets and you're going to stone them. Because you're not going to listen. So God is bringing them out and he's reminding them of all this stuff. Going through it, how much effort they went to. You know, and you look at it, you look at the world today. We go to a lot of work in the world to prove that there's no God. And the one reason we use is because if there was a God, he would destroy us right now for all of our wickedness. Others, including Jews, there are atheistic Jews that don't believe that there's a God to their own detriment, to their own pride, to their own destruction. In verse uh, 16, he says, He burneth the uh, part thereof in the fire. With part thereof he eateth the flesh. He roasteth meat and is satisfied. He warms himself and says, Aha, I am warm. I have seen the fire. And the residue thereof he makes a god, even his graven image, and falls down into it, worships it, and prays unto it, and says, Deliver me, for you are my God. They have not known nor understood, for he has shut their eyes that they cannot see in their hearts, that they cannot understand. And when the Lord came, the Jews were blinded. Not all of them, but the ones in the temple. A lot of them. Now there were those in the temple that believed. Among the Sanhedrin and others. But because they didn't want to go against the status quo or get kicked out of the temple, they didn't say nothing. Now, this is where Romans 1 comes in. Because, Romans 1, 21 through 25. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. 
Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now see, the children of Israel were like this. You follow their story coming out of the promised land, and how much trouble they got into over and over again. Moses was there to intercede for him. One time God was going to destroy him and raise up, you know, a people from Moses. <laughs> and Moses said, don't. Thank God they had Moses. But see, Romans 1 wasn't written to the Jews. It was written to those that Paul was ministering to. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like a corruptible man to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And that's what they do today. You go on over to, to India, just one, you'll find idols globally. And in America, we have idols. You know, you go into some people's houses, they just like them fat Buddhas. They do. See, and, and you have to understand that there's only one true and living God. And see, in America, we don't think about idols. But we got idols everywhere here. And you worship them. You may not think you do, but you do. We've got cars, houses, boats, RVs. We've got every kind of trinket, every kind of thing. In America, we are filthy rich, have been. You get over in some of the other countries and their gods may not be made of gold and silver. On the other hand, they might. Because you got a lot of nifty craftsmen over there that make these things. And the tourists love to buy them and take them home. The problem you have is, is that there's demons attached to these things. You take these things home, and you're taking along a demon presence. And I'll tell you, they will follow more than just idols home. They will follow a person if they're attracted to a person for some particular reason. You know, I remember one restaurant I was working at, and it was, I was doing scratch French, uh, French pastries. And I had certain sauces and everything I had to get out every morning. It was early in the morning, all by myself there. And uh, I had everything set up on the, on the stove. And uh, I was working on my dough. And I turned around, and there was four pots on the stove, 
and they had been placed on the floor behind me in a neat row. I never touched them, never saw them move, but that entity was there, and I knew where it was and why it came. It had nothing to do with me. I just happened to be in the building that their owner had bought. That presence was attached to him. And I rebuked it in Jesus' name, and I never had that trouble again. I was in another restaurant early in the morning one time. And this one was known to be haunted. It was a special place. I just happened to be the pastry chef there, too. But see, because I go in early in the morning... That's where your spirit activity is. And I had experiences there too that I had to rebuke. See, these things are real. So, you know, they're not going to bring you your miracle. Now, many of these idols that are set up by the by people overseas and things. They give them offerings of bread and stuff and and various other things, fruits. Now, there are some that would sacrifice humans. And if you get in America, we have Satanists here that openly have said that abortion is how they worship Satan. Now, we know, I know how they worship Satan because I've interviewed people that's been delivered from that lifestyle women particularly who would give birth to babies and those babies were aborted in the womb because if you aborted them out killed them outside the womb that was murder and while they didn't mind killing the baby they didn't want to get thrown in jail for a murder charge now see now today in, in New York and I think L.A., maybe all of California, they're working on making it okay to kill a baby past birth. Up to 20 days, I think it is, whatever it was. You know, so, so when we're talking about idolatry and uncleanness, Israel was caught up in it. They went into captivity. God delivered them after 70 years. And he's talking to them, telling them, you're not going to do this. This is how you worked it. But I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to lead you by the way. I'm going to take you down there. You're going to serve me. Verse 19, and none considers in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire, yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof, I have roasted flesh and eaten it, shall I make the residue thereof an abomination, shall I fall down to the stalk of a tree?
they don't have the understanding to realize this idol that you made, you burn part of it in the fire. And with that fire, you made bread. You were able to eat. You roasted flesh and you ate it. And then you take the rest of that. Now, see, they're all right up to this time. But then they make the residue an abomination by making it into a god, an idol. And so these could not see the folly. They're so blind they can't see their folly that they were making gods out of wood, stone, and other items. They don't understand this. And see, in America, we have had it so easy, and we've let our kids go. We've got multitudes of young people that are heading to hell. I mean that. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Because we do not believe in holiness in this country. We're avoiding the unclean thing. We love our abortions. And we love so much more. We're infatuated with our technology and our phones. And then you have the woke crowd. And you have making all these things that don't exist into something that does exist. God is the one that made male, female. That's it. Whatever you've created after that is your own creation, and it is vanity and folly. But see, we don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. And you can't take anybody, like for instance in this recent fiasco about the abortion thing. The Supreme Court is not doing away with abortion in this country. They're giving it back to the states where it should be. I mean, God forbid that we would actually do away with abortion. But you see, abortion and killing babies is in this people's blood. I don't know why it's always in the children of Israel, Judah. They were passing their children through the fire. To Moloch, to Baal. They were offering drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven. They were worshiping their idols in Ashtaroth in making of trees. I mean, they were doing everything. And their priests still were taking care of the temple and making the same offerings. They tried to have one foot in the law and another foot in idolatry and uncleanness. And I've actually talked to young people the same way. And I've told this story many times. 
and he's not the only one that contacted me. It's not uncommon for me to hear these young people say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I also believe in Satan, and, and I serve Jesus and Satan. I say, no, you can't do that. It don't work that way. They don't want to hear it. Now, you see, one of the kings, King Hosea, Hosea, did reforms. He destroyed all the altars, 2 Kings 23, 1 through 15. He had gathered all the, all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. This is verse 1 of 2 Kings 23. He gathered them all together. Verse 2, And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, the priests, prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. Now see, we've got a word of God today. They had a word of God. And what we need to do, preachers, teachers, Christians, we need to give the word of God to an unbelieving nation. And we need to stand up and call for repentance on a national level. And we need to tell them to put away their unclean thing in this country. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments, his testimonies, and his statutes with all their heart and with all their soul, and to perform the words of this covenant that were written in the book, and all the people stood to the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal, and for the grove, and for all the host of heaven. And he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron, and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. Now you see, they had to take them out and away. It's the unclean thing. It couldn't be found in their presence. And he put down the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places round about Jerusalem. Them also that burned incense unto Baal, to the sun, to the moon, to the planets, and all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out of the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem unto the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook Kid, Kidron and stamped it to small powder and cast the powder thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. And he brake down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord where the women wove hangings for the grove. And it goes on and on, all the stuff. Now see, verse 10, I wrote an article on Topheth. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the children of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or his daughter to pass through the fire to Molech. That's what they did with their children. When you're committing abortion the way you're doing today, and especially when you, you want to do abortion 
even after they're born and they're alive. You are passing those kids through the fire to Moloch, and you're just as damnable as the people here were doing. You think because you're living in America or in some other nation that does this that it's okay. China thinks it's okay, and many other nations think it's okay. But one day, you hear me. I've been telling about this blood guilt for many, many years, and I'm telling you, I'm calling you out, and I'm telling you to repent. And that, and I'll tell you, the killing these innocent kids is blood guilt, but there's a lot more than just killing innocent kids going on in this country. You've got a problem with the blood. You've got a curse on this land. And there's only one way to take care of it, and you've got to get back in front of the Lord God and repent like Hosea did here, Hosea did. Because if not, you're going to be fed blood. And you will drink the blood and die. Because there's the judgment of the blood, and it's coming during the wrath of God tribulation. You ignore my words today, I guarantee you, if you're here, when that happens, that judgment, you will remember these words. And they will ring like fire in your heart and your ears. So when we talk about the children of Israel, when we talk about both houses, both of them went into captivity. Judah, where the temple was, went into captivity. America, that has the churches, always had the faith of Christianity here. And everything... And you think you're safe. You're not safe. This place is unclean. We need to repent. And I say we. Everybody needs to repent over this. And cry unto God that he will spare us and give us mercy. But this is a people that won't listen. Isaiah 44.20 says, He feedeth on ashes. A deceived heart hath turned him aside, that he cannot deliver his soul, nor say, Is there not a lie in my right hand? He who strives after ashes, a befooled heart, has led him astray. He does not deliver his soul, and does not think, Is there not a lie in my right hand? You see, the thing of it is, that's the one that created the idol. That's the one that is causing their children to pass through the fire. Because it's a deceived heart. A deceived heart cannot deliver their soul. And he can't say, well, there's a lie right here which I kneel down to see they can't say that now we're going to be done here in a minute but the next verse 
I'm going to Isaiah 44:21. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel. For thou art my servant, I have formed thee. Thou art my servant, O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. Remember these things, and remember Jacob, and even the northern tribes we call Israel. Remember, he called them out. They were his servants. God didn't forget them in Egypt. He didn't forget them even though they had the golden calf at Sinai. He didn't forget them even though they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. God has not forgotten America, nor Israel. And there's many other nations that are going to stand in judgment. But God remembers those whose hearts are turned towards him and kneel to him, who seek him. For the wicked... And all the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. Of that you can be sure. But whenever we're talking judgment, judgment will bring you Well, it can take you both ways, but it can bring you to mercy. Mercy. If you listen. We're going to begin at verse 21, the one that I just read to you. We're going to begin right there. Father, thank you for your word. Bless the word to your people. To their hearts, their minds, their souls, and their spirit. Draw them to yourself. Heal them. Touch them. Bless them. Open up their eyes so that they may see. Open up their hearts so that they can respond. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Tower. Okay, here we are. You know, I, I like this, and I wish... Oh, there I go with that wish. I would to God that people would repent in this nation, that we all would repent and God's judgment would be turned against us, away from us. Yeah, me too. I don't look forward to it. I don't like it at all. And the people are blind. And Well, they are blind. And they were absolutely 
stone-cold face out of their minds after that uh, release of that thing about the abortion from the Supreme Court. That's scary. And not a one of them understood it. Not even Elizabeth Warren. That this thing was going to go back to the states. And I guarantee you that the states that want abortion are going to do whatever they want to do. That's right. This Doing this is not going to solve the issue of about judgment. Your judgment, America, is set. It's in the hands of God as to when it's final. I mean, that's what it is. I don't care what your preacher says. I don't care what your prophet says. I'm telling you. You can either hear or not hear. That's right. And you can believe as you want to believe. But I'm here to tell you that when you look at Israel and seeing what God did to his own people, his own priests, prophets, and temple, then you'd better be afraid. You better wake up. Because God does not change. Amen. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. We always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. Good night. Shalom, everybody. Don't forget to go by our website at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Check out my book, The Rising. Go on over to Dana Glenn Smith, even over at Warren Radio, warn-usa.com. There's ads there that will show you where you can go to get it. And uh, get the book. Leave me a comment about the book. You can contact us on our website, The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. That has a lot of stuff in it, stuff you haven't read. And it is set in America. It pertains to America. It's prophetic and it's biblical. Until next week, take care of yourselves. Look to the Lord. Seek him. Pray for your children. Pray for your family. Until next time. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.